0: In the meantime, our study continues on the topic of honest Advent. We'll be focusing on breath today as we look deeper into Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Let's dig in. We are in the midst of a three-day journey looking at one verse. Now, this verse is not necessarily typically seen as being a Christmas verse, but it often times. Is and perhaps well should be as well. That is Revelation chapter one verse eight. Now I know Revelation for any of you who know anything about the Bible is uh, <laughs> it's crazy, it's chaos. Uh, for those of you who don't know anything about the book of Revelation, I certainly do not encourage you to begin reading in the book of Revelation. But today I want to speak about breath. And Alicia, it's good to uh, it's good to to see you on here as well, Alicia is a uh, nurse in one of our communities up north in Ohio and in Cleveland, and this idea of breath is something that every time I'm in a hospital setting, uh, I'm amazed by. And so the reading today talks a little bit about breath, but if you didn't do the reading, essentially what it points out is that breath is something that we do whether or not we think about it, and really breath is something that we do whether or not we even want to. If you are living you are breathing. If you're not living, you're not breathing. And one of the primary questions that oftentimes faces those of us like myself who are in situations of pastoral care at end of life situations is if someone or something is breathing for you, if you are being assisted in your breathing, if you're on a ventilation system, if you're on a CPAP, BiPAP machine or, or these types of things, um, are you truly alive? If you're on the ventilation system, are you, are you alive? If you're removed from the ventilation system, will you still be alive? These are questions that plague us not just medically, but these are also questions that, that haunt us spiritually. Is what does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to have breath? Many of us, dead man walking. Many of us are walking around as though, as though we are alive, but on the inside, we don't feel any life. We don't feel any breath of fresh air or breath of excitement. Why do we say all of that? Well, as we get into this conversation today, and I'm I'm just going to touch the surface on it, but we're only going to be here for a couple of minutes because this is kind of a three-part thing. and. And I want to save some stuff for tomorrow. But this verse right here, I am the Alpha and the Omega. This is Jesus. This is God speaking here, telling us about, I'm going to say itself, because I don't think that God is is either fully male or or fully female. I think he is, he is all of that wrapped into one. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. So, so God's telling us something about uh, who God is here in this verse. Alpha, first word of Greek al- alphabet. Omega, last word of Greek alphabet. So the beginning and the end. The department of redundancy department. It says it in Greek and then it says it in English. But it is that second half of the phrase, the one who is who always was and is to come. And I want to pay attention to that middle part right there, the one who is. In that verse, what we have is we essentially have God saying, I've been here for a really long time. I'm still here. And I'm going to be here for a really long time. But it's that one in the middle. I'm here. That I think i think to us, whenever we're struggling, maybe when we're in those end-of-life moments or when we're in those moments of life where metaphorically we're questioning whether or not there is any life within us, the question that is at hand is, is there anything now that is stable? Is there anything now that is true? Is there anything now that is good? Is there anything now that that is loving? When we feel Alone, when we feel rejected, when we feel lost, what we want is something stable to hold on to. Since I'm talking about end-of-life care oftentimes and those situations of of end-of-life, it's the hospice nurse. It's those doctors or those people who walk through the final stages with us who become our rock, our stability. We expect them to give us hope that everything's going to be okay. And I think that this is what we can hold on to in this verse right here, is that, that God is saying to us, in those difficult moments, it's not very helpful to say, yeah, I've always been there for you. It's not always helpful to say, I'll be there for you. What we really need to hear is, I'm right here with you. And that's who God is. In fact, he tells us that's who he is. We're not guessing, we're not assuming, we're not reading in between the lines. God, right here in this verse, says, This is who I am. I'm the God who was, I'm the God who is still to come. But I am the one who is. I think that this is a powerful statement to us, especially at Christmas time, because of this verse right here, Matthew chapter one, verse 23 where the prophecy is given that a virgin Mary is going to conceive a child. You may have heard this verse in a Christmas pageant, or, or you may have read it as a part of the, the Christmas story. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, the passage says, which means God is with us. And usually at this moment, you know, the angels sing or or the crescendo of the music increases in that moment in the in the Christmas pageant. But this may be... This may well be one of the most important, one of the most meaningful, and perhaps one of the most powerful statements about Christmas at all, is that Jesus Christ is the one who is not just a little baby laying in a manger 2,000 years ago, not just a little porcelain figure in your little creche scene at mom's or grandmother's house that that's been passed down through generations, not just that that little crying baby on the platform during a, a church Christmas cantata, not a story that we tell about what once was, but a God who still is present. And isn't when we're walking through tough times, isn't that really what we need, what we want what we hold on to. The only thing that we desire is for someone to be present with us. That's why so many marriages break down, is because the other person just isn't present with us, maybe physically, but oftentimes it's it's emotionally. They're just not present with you. They're not they're not in it. They're somewhere else. And you can't have a relationship if that's the case. So many families break down because Because mom, dad can't be present with their kids where they are, what they're struggling with, how they identify, who they marry, the career choice that they make. They make a decision not to be present, and it breaks the relationship. In marriages, one partner or the other sometimes makes a decision to not be present. And if somebody isn't willing to be present with you, there can be no relationship. God tells us that he chooses to be present with you. Not because he has to, not because you make him, not because he needs to, but God tells you, I choose to be present with you. I'm making that choice. And there aren't any qualifications on it. He doesn't say, if... If you act this way, if you go to church this number of times, if you say a certain number of Hail Marys, if you've done confession, penance, it doesn't say that I choose to be with you. If if you'll avoid saying that word or doing that thing, it just says I choose you. That even, even God's name means God with, and i change that as to you, God with you, God with you. Is there anything more powerful of a statement than that Christmas tree behind me makes than a reminder to us this time of year, a tough time of year for many of us, that God chooses to be is, the one who is, the one who is present. So what does it say about a God who's willing to be that present with us? I'm gonna let you answer that. I'm not gonna pose an answer to that, but I want you, cause I'm gonna be doing the same thing. I want you to wrestle with that question. What for you right now, does it mean for a God who says, I am willing to be this present with you? This Bible study on Honest Advent is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission? It's simple to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today when you get over to christtable.today be sure to sign up for our email list there and for those who choose to donate we have a resource box that we want to send you in the mail as our thanks and trust me it's pretty good you're gonna like it By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our conversation on Honest Advent. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well, www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.